Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Itai Nomovicher, CEO and founder of the Orthopedic Implant Company. Thanks for joining us today, Itai. Thanks for having me, Sean. So, uh, so the orthopedic implant company, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you, you deal with orthopedic implants, but can you tell us a little bit more about what your, you know, what your unique or specific niche is within the medical device industry? Sure. So OIC, or the, uh, which we call ourselves for short, we're the leading provider of high-value orthopedic implants. And so our niche is pretty simple. Um, we offer high-quality products specifically right now for orthopedic trauma, so broken bones, at a fraction of the cost of some of the leading providers and brands. Okay, so, I mean, what, you know, what, I know you're not going to give away the secret sauce, but how do you, how are you able to compete at an affordable, you know, cost structure versus some of the larger companies? Yeah, I mean, we get that question all the time. So there's no real secret. Um, you know, primarily our overhead is lower. We spend less on sales and marketing. We've been able to streamline our instrumentation uh, to allow for surgery centers and hospitals to be self-sufficient when it comes to utilizing our products in the operating room. And okay. so in the traditional model, you typically will have a sales rep who – will help support the surgeries um, during the cases and after the cases, both on a inventory management side and a technical side. And so what we've done is we're able to uh, make the set simple, um, use products and techniques that are have been around for ages, and uh, be able to remove, if you will, the middleman. Now, that's not to say that we don't have sales reps and we don't support our customers because we certainly do, but uh, we've been able to minimize the expense of that through, I guess, innovating on the human factors involved in putting in these implants. Okay. So getting into a, to more of a real world uh, situation, uh, last September, I understand your, your company had partnered with Intermountain Health Systems. So how did this come about, and, you know, what was, the, what was the goal of this arrangement? Sure. So, yeah, we've been working where they were in Intermountain actually for a few years now. Uh, they approached us uh, after hearing about some of our successes in other facilities and institutions, and we're really looking at a way to decrease their spend on orthopedic trauma implants. And so, you know, their goal was to save about $5 million annually, Mm -hmm. uh, on their orthopedic trauma spend in exchange for having us as one or two vendors within their system. And so we were able okay. to work with them closely and strategically in identifying surgeons and identifying the, their facilities within Intermountain that uh, our products would be utilized and have the highest impact. Now, of course, it's it's a little tough to 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 measure uh, the results, given what's happened this year with, you know, elective surgeries and things like that. I mean, I guess trauma is a little different because in, in many instances with trauma, you really can't, it's not an elective surgery. So it's a little different, but obviously there's still been some limitations. What, you know, what have the 
what have the results been that you've seen thus far? Yeah, that's a great question. And so, you know, this year obviously is an outlier, but like you mentioned, um, you know, trauma doesn't stop per se. Sure, people don't go out and hurt themselves when they're locked up at home. However, um, you know, previous to COVID, I would say our results have been pretty powerful. So it's us and another vendor. Um, We've been able to save them upwards of 45% off their contracted pricing with their other vendor. Um, and we're in every one of their facilities that does orthopedic trauma. And so they're really doing a service to their patients, um, especially the underinsured or uninsured patients who are going out there and needing these types of surgeries. Okay. And, uh, you know, we we mentioned, you know, obviously the pandemic, and, and that's been on top of everyone's mind lately, um, you mentioned uh, uh, quickly about, you know, your reps being uh, uh, involved with with the, uh, you know, procedures to some degree, as, as is common with, with orthopedic. But, you know, given what's happened with the pandemic, what impact do you think we'll see long term for, you know, from that with regard to, uh, reps in the OR, reps, you know, working closely in the uh, right. in surgeries. Yeah, so our, our model, like I said earlier, is built on making the hospital self-sufficient. So prior to COVID, we were able to train uh, and in-service the staff at the, at, uh, if we're talking Intermountain, at the Intermountain institutions that are utilizing our products. So from a service standpoint, uh, it, we were kind of keyed up for success because Um, the staff was already trained. They didn't need the service of the traditional model. That said, I think in the future, um, I do, I still think there is a value for reps in certain, certain types of procedures, highly complicated procedures or those that aren't done as frequently as kind of the bread and butter cases. Um, Mm -hmm. but I also think that technology may take over and there'll be other ways of servicing our customers, whether it be through um, some sort of telehealth platform or some other sort of video conferencing where the support can be done remotely. But that's, that's yeah, really the in-case, in-case support, right? There's also the other side that reps do is also inventory management, which certainly can be handled using technology these days. Right, right, absolutely. And there's certainly a lot of exciting things happening in the uh, augmented reality and virtual reality space where, you know, who knows, maybe we'll have a, a holographic, uh, you know, sales representative right there in the OR. Um, Absolutely. So I was also literally moments before this, this interview, uh, I was uh, made aware that you're coming up to uh, celebrate 10 years. Uh, so congratulations on that. Um, and I'd just like to go over a couple of the, couple of the points that were called out to me, uh, you know, in that, in that announcement. Um, you know, the fact that apparently you've averaged about 28% growth year over year. I mean, can you speak to that? Because that's obviously tremendous. Yeah, you know, so when we started 10 years ago, value-based healthcare wasn't even a term. Um, mm-hmm. We knew that the current model was – unsustainable, the price of the implants, the way surgeons were being reimbursed, and that the healthcare system in general was broken. Um, and so, you know, it was we kind of had this kind of natural growth pattern 
through the emergence of value-based healthcare. And as surgeons were being more educated and facilities being more educated on the need to reduce costs, we were in kind of a natural fit on one of the ways of doing that. So, right. you know, implants are a small part of the overall cost of care, but they certainly do have their effect. And so if you can save, you know, 50, 60% off your implant price, it allows facilities to hedge against things that aren't as controllable. And so that's attributed tremendously to our growth, as well as the emergence of orthopedic cases being done in the outpatient setting. And so, so it, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, so it truly is a case of, of the right place, right time, because it seems like, you know, because of the emergence of value-based healthcare, that's, that's helping to drive your growth, certainly, whereas you know, if you came up with this same business plan maybe 15 years earlier, you may not have seen nearly the success or, or may not have made it to, you know, the 10 years at a, during a different time. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, if historically there have been companies who have tried to commoditize the market a little bit with certain early types of technology, and you're absolutely right. They, they came in it too early, and so those products did not succeed. Um, so right. timing is everything, as they say. And uh, another, another point that was made was that, you know, over over the course of the 10 years, you've, you've partnered, I imagine, similar agreements to the Intermountain uh, Health Systems situation where you've partnered with uh, hospitals and physicians in over 20 states. So uh, how, how fast has that growth uh, been? It's been pretty steady, and we continue to expand. Um, you know, for us, it, it's really been, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that, you know, we spend a lot less on sales and marketing. So it's a lot, a lot of our growth has been attributed to word of mouth, as well as um, the publication of certain clinical studies that have utilized our products. And so right. it takes time to develop out the outcomes data for those studies. Um, but those have really helped as well. And so, you know, expanding into other states, we're pretty opportunistic because we're a lower-touch model. It's easy for us to implement our products, and um, we've been pretty successful as uh, kind of expanding nationwide. Now, uh, another point that was was called out was that, you know, the there's been average savings achieved of maybe up to 53% compared to some other uh, competitive vendors, competitive companies uh, providing similar solutions. Um, you know, when you're speaking with surgeons, when you're speaking with these healthcare systems, is there a perception you have to get past? I mean, you know, just on the surface, just on paper. Please forgive the uh, please forgive the uh, the verbiage, but you know, you seem like the discount vendor of you know orthopedic implants, whereas it doesn't sound like that's the story. It sounds like you know you're providing a very quality product, but you figured out a way to do it at a, a much more affordable cost. So, is there a perception you have to overcome with surgeons who are first introduced to your company? That is. A great question. Uh, one of the best questions I've been asked, actually. And so, yes, there is. The, the, there's the perception of quality differences and where mm -hmm. the product is made. Um, you know, when we first started, a lot of the word on the street was our stuff is made overseas. Uh, it's third rate. 
Uh, we don't have the quality measures in place. Um, you know, since now that we've been around for a little bit, that's kind of gone toward the wayside. But it's really right. about how do we save patients money. And so when we're talking to surgeons and facilities, um, you know, as soon as they get their hands on the product, they realize the quality is the same. We have now, like I said, outcomes data that shows that our outcomes are the same. And so it's really about more of a strategic discussion around how are we going to implement this within your facility and what are the barriers of entry because every hospital is different and so mm -hmm. their needs are different. And so our implementation plan then is different for each facility. And so it's really being strategic and understanding the needs of our customers and prospects and developing a plan that works from there. Right. But the perception, you're right, the perception is, you know, we're the discounted uh, kind of cheap, uh, low-quality products, and that's the, we're the exact opposite of that. Right. I mean, you know, we're, we're not in, we're not in the, the cell phone business. We're not in smartphone business where, you know, if, if you guys had a problem, if, there were, if, if your quality was low and, and, you know, problems were happening, it's, it's quite simple. The FDA would come in and say, hey, there's too many adverse events. There's too many, uh, you know, product reports of, of faulty, faulty products or broken implants, and you, and you guys would be shut down. I mean, that's, that's clearly, that's simply put, if you're, you know, operating – in these in environments where it's regulated, that's that's the reality. So there can't that, be a, a two. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that is absolutely the reality. And on top of that, we'd be going totally against our mission because if we were having adverse effects or patients were having poor outcomes and had to get revision surgeries done because our implants were failing, then the cost of care to that patient is higher. And so that goes absolutely contrary to what we're trying to do. Right. Well, you, you, you know, you've, you've put 10 years behind you, you know, what, what's, what does the future hold? What, what's, what's on the horizon for OIC? Yeah. In the short term, we're looking to uh, launch our distal radius plate here coming out in uh, Q1 of next year. Um, so we're excited about that. It's, uh, kind of a revamp of our first-generation distal radius plate. We're really going to be mm -hmm. targeting uh, the ASC market because the way we see it, a majority of orthopedic cases will be shifting toward that, even if they're traumatic injuries. And so streamlining our sets even more so, understanding that the ASC market is different than the hospital-based market. Um, price points still being the same, but perhaps we'll be looking at also expanding into other parts product portfolio or sectors such as sports medicine right. and also right. you know yeah and then beyond that you know as you mentioned technology certainly is going to have a play yeah absolutely um, all right well great well we you know we certainly appreciate your time and unfortunately that is all the time we do have uh, like to thank you for for joining us, and like to thank the listeners as always for for tuning in and and hopefully getting something out of this interview yet again. So, till next time, this has been Sean Fenske for MPO, saying thanks for listening.